Sports Illustrated has released their latest swimsuit edition, and the cover model, Yumi Nu, who is a gorgeous woman, is getting a lot of attention, both positive and negative. And today I want to dig into that and what's been going on in our society as far as promoting healthy body image over the last several years. Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you're listening to the Women's Blaining Podcast. And today I'm going to dig into my passion. I have for most of my adult life been involved in the health and fitness industry. I was a gym owner. I was a personal trainer, a nutrition coach. I coached people for bodybuilding competitions, bikini competitions. I competed myself in, I did 20 competitions in eight years before I decided I had enough of the stage in 2014. And this was my world. I really, truly lived ate, slept, breathed, fitness and nutrition, consumed it 100%. It was all I did. And I am very passionate still to this day about health and fitness and nutrition. And so with this current uh, swimsuit edition of Yumi Nu that's garnering a lot of attention from, you know, both positive and negative attention, it really made me want to dig in and kind of share my thoughts because we've got, so if you haven't seen it and there's a link in the notes for you to go take a look, she is a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. She has, I will call it a healthier body. She's not the super fit, super lean swimsuit model that you typically see. And this is not new. We've been seeing a pattern of this, of women getting larger, I don't even want to say larger. We've seen women getting more healthier, carrying uh, more body fat, because let's be honest, when a woman is super, super lean, your body starts shutting down some of its typical woman functions. And so it's not healthy for a woman to be uber lean, like stage lean for a bodybuilding competition. That's typically not very healthy for a, like to walk around like that. But we have seen our society and our media pushing the envelope so far from being super lean or super skinny to this more, um, you've seen it all over the place in Victoria's Secret and some of the other like lingerie fitness, Lululemon is, is doing it as well, where they have women who are overweight as their models. And I'm not here to pass judgment on anybody. We have people who don't want to talk about truth. And if you say, you know, I'd love to see a more fit model on your underwear catalog, you get attacked for that by not being accepting. But there's a couple different ways to look at this. Number one, I turn it around and I think, well, would we want to see a Calvin Klein underwear model, a male underwear model with a dad bod and a beer gut? No, we as women, we like that chiseled, you know, chiseled abs on the man. We like seeing a fit man in underwear. And I don't think most dudes, although I don't think probably they care who's modeling the underwear, but we sort of have this double standard where it wouldn't be acceptable. Nobody would want to see an overweight dude wearing a Speedo or, or, or underwear. 
but yet it's acceptable and we have to um, support it if it is a woman. And everybody is, you know, can be beautiful no matter what shape or size they are. That's not what I'm trying to, I'm not trying to say they're not beautiful, but what we promote are we promoting something that's healthy? Because obesity is not healthy. Just as with that Uber lean, you have the overweight that also brings its own health challenges and makes things a lot more difficult. For example, just the fact of carrying extra body weight for your frame is going to make things a lot harder on your joints and wear things out, wear your body out quicker than if you were healthy and at a normal body weight for, for your frame. So what we've also seen in the last couple of years with COVID that drives me absolutely crazy, you would think because the whole COVID stuff is if you have a healthy immune system, if you are eating right, you are more resilient and resistant to the COVID virus. But we haven't seen our media or our government promoting a healthy lifestyle. When COVID hit, we didn't see the news media giving us tips on how to change our nutrition to boost our immune system or that we should get daily activity and move our bodies to be healthier and to be more resilient to COVID and other viruses and diseases. Nobody has talked about that in our schools with our kids and what we're teaching our kids it's you know it's hand sanitizers and wear a mask but we're not teaching them how to be healthy and it all goes hand in hand we have a society who's moved away from being healthy and having a promoting a healthy body image into just accepting anything really and you know, what we saw through COVID, and this really is what burns me up because our government is encouraging the obesity. Here in Washington State, I don't know if this happened in other places, but as a reward for getting your COVID vaccine, you could get Krispy Kreme donuts, you could get beer, you could get weed. None of these things are considered healthy. Like nobody said, if you get a COVID vaccine, we're going to give you a gym membership or a Peloton membership or, you know, it was just they're feeding you garbage, like put this shot in your body and we're going to give you crap to eat. So it makes me feel like there's really an agenda on our on our government and the media who's pushing this body positivity movement. Now, I am, you know, I have dealt with myself body image issues, you know, all my life. And when you are competing and you get to that stage lean state, within a week, that body's pretty much gone because you start eating normal and your body picks up some extra pounds and it's really a head trip. And so I understand how that works. I also know that if we don't promote being healthy and fit and give people something to strive for, having that fit body, that takes a lot of work. I know, you know, coming from that world, most of my friends are gym rats or do CrossFit or somehow are active, you know, whether they're, they train for marathons, but most of the people in my circle are, are very physically fit and have some sort of exercise regimen that they do just as part of their lifestyle. And that's exactly what it is. It becomes part of your lifestyle. It's not a chore. It's just for me, working out is like brushing my teeth. 
And if I don't do it, I, I don't feel great. My body just doesn't feel great. It gives me more energy. It makes me feel happier. It, it lifts my mood. And there's so many benefits to exercise. And you have that goal, right? Like nobody has a goal of, I want to gain 50 pounds and not feel as good as I could. We want to see, that's the reason we have these models, uh, you know, that have these fit bodies so that we have something to strive for, so that we have a goal. And if we're eating nutritious and we are exercising, we are going to be fit. We're going to have a fit body. So why is there such a big push on promoting obesity? There's a reliance upon medicine here. If you are not healthy, you're going to need medicine. You're going to be at risk for diseases that are going to require medical help, whether that's prescription drugs, maybe it's surgery, maybe it's hospitalization. I don't know. There's so many different things that it could trigger as far as medical needs. And so I wonder, I always have this lens of follow the money. Like who's making money if we have a population of overweight, unhealthy people that are going to rely on drugs and medical interventions just to sustain themselves? I've seen a lot on this cover model. There's been a lot of talk about about her body and, you know, what's Sports Illustrated doing and, and why are they putting this woman on the cover? And I get that because I think that we're, it's not, to me, I don't see it as objectifying women so much as I see it celebrating someone who has put in the time and the energy and the work that it takes to have a super fit body. I find that inspiring because I look at that and I think, wow, I know she, I know how hard she has worked for that. And I know the dedication that it takes to get to that level. And wow. You know, if I do, you know, I know the things I need to do to get there myself. Or maybe it just inspires me to, you know, get on my Peloton and do a vigorous ride when I don't feel like it. Maybe it's not that we need to aspire to look like the cover model, but it just inspires us to get active and to be healthy. And that's really the whole point. And I know people have been, women have been really upset with the men that are like, what's going on? Why is this woman on the cover. I don't see it as men being, you know, pigs about, you know, the body that's on the cover. I don't see it that way at all. I think that we're trying to shift in the the minds of the people what is healthy. There's two different things here. You've got celebrating our bodies the way they are, and you've got, look at what you can do if you put in the hard work. So there are two separate things. And I, I've never seen really, I mean, I guess you can look at like Cosmo and some of those magazines with all their skinny people. And, you know, maybe that is a messaging that women feel like they need to attain a certain body image. But when it comes to a fitness magazine, we really should be wanting to see people who are fit and who have achieved a level of fitness and health in their body that encourages others to do the same or to just make small changes in their lives to get healthier. And we wouldn't see, like I said before, we wouldn't see this in a male version of this. We wouldn't see someone with a dad bod gracing the cover of the women's version of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. We would not see that. And you all know that. We would see the dude with the chiseled abs because that's what women want to see. We like it. That's attractive. So why is it okay for 
us women to want to see the man with the chiseled abs, but it's not okay for the men to want to see a super fit woman. Something to think about there. I've thought about all this health and fitness stuff over the last two years, and I've really struggled with the fact that the media and the government has really completely ignored the health and fitness aspect of the COVID messaging. And there was such a huge opportunity there for the public to learn more about taking care of their bodies. And I believe it was intentional. I believe there's a reason that they didn't teach, you know, teach people to get healthier. I mean, you can go into any store. We have allowed this alternative approach to healthy. For example, if you wear a mask, you're being healthy. If you sanitize your hands, you're being healthy. If you stand six feet apart, you're being healthy. If you walk outside by yourself in the sunshine wearing a mask, you're being healthy. None of this is healthy. Sending our kids to school with masks on their face while they rub their snotty noses in their masks is not healthy. And no one's talking about how to be healthy, how to really be healthy. And so this seeing this swimsuit edition really like sort of triggered all this rant in me about about how all of this has been handled over the last two years. And it's really uh, it's really quite a shame. There was really an opportunity here. But, you know, along with a lot of other things that are going on in our society, it's gone, you know, by the wayside. And let's just let people let's just encourage healthy behaviors, whether it is you know, with the gender identity stuff or obesity, junk food. I mean, you name it, we could go on and on about that. So it's, it's, it's an interesting world that we're living in and the way that health and fitness has changed over, I would say the last five years for sure, it's definitely gone in a different way than when I was really involved on a daily basis. And uh, it's unfortunate and, and hopefully it'll turn back around. Hopefully the pendulum will swing back the other way, but we will see. I also wanted to touch on the baby formula crisis. Uh, I posted on Twitter that 192 Republicans voted against the bill to fund the baby shortage, baby formula shortage. Uh, It would have been $28 million. Well, it did pass the House, um, but 192 Republicans voted against it. And man, the leftist trolls were just enraged and (laughs) triggered and couldn't stop commenting. But what people need to understand about this bill is, well, first of all, the the shortage was manufactured. The FDA has been reviewing uh, some policies and procedures and safety stuff at um, the Abbott Manufacturing, which is one of the largest manufacturers of United States baby formula. Since uh, February, mid-February, they've been, there's been a lot of red tape going on and the FDA has been reviewing this and they've been slow to do the approval process to get the plant back up and running. The Biden administration knew about the potential shortage coming. They knew about it last summer. And then in August when they had this issue, or sorry, then in February when they had this issue with Abbott, the FDA has taken its sweet time and everything's been kind of caught up in this red tape and they haven't been able to get the plant reopened. Well, this bill is $28 million dollars for FDA salaries and expenses. The FDA is the one who has kept this shut down. Why are we funding more government salaries instead of getting the plant reopened? And so a lot of people don't understand what was 
what was actually behind the bill. They just think that Republicans are being baby haters. We only want to protect them in the womb. And then when it comes time to feed them, we're done. But um, they say that because of inflation and supply chain shortages, we were going to see this anyway. So then to have the FDA uh, not giving Abbott the green light when they should have. If, if you read the press release and all the information that's coming out from Abbott and from other sources, you can see that the FDA has kind of kept this whole thing tied up and not allowed for the reopening. And it does take a ramp up time to get the formula back on store shelves. And so this was already predicted to happen. And instead of being proactive about it and responding to it, before it came to this level of a crisis. Now the Biden administration is saying we need more money to fund government jobs. And the Republicans said, no, that's not the fix to this problem. We don't need to fund more government jobs. We need to get Abbott reopened. And so the voting against this was simply to not put taxpayer dollars into government salaries there's got to be a different way to handle this crisis. And so that's kind of the update with that. It will now go to the Senate where I imagine it will pass the Senate. But it's important for people to know the facts of what's going on. And a lot of times you're going to have to dig for it and find it for yourself. I try to when something, you know, strikes me as particularly interesting, I try to bring those facts to you and put that in front of you so you can see it. But this this baby formula one is interesting on the timing because you see how with the Roe v. Wade and the abortion stuff that's going on right now, and then you've got the baby formula on top of it, it makes this really interesting dynamic of a group of people on the left who want abortion as healthcare and want to be able to kill babies at any stage of pregnancy. And yet then they turn around and if you don't fund government salaries to solve the baby formula crisis, you're a, you know, you're a hypocrite that wants to kill babies. They don't understand the logistics of the crisis and they're just believing what they hear from their mainstream media sources and the narrative there. But it shifts the dynamic to make it look like the left really does care about babies. They want the babies to be fed and it's the right that doesn't want to, the babies to be fed. So the timing of all of this is not lost on me. And it's very interesting. And it's interesting to watch how triggered people become over some of these things when they just don't know the facts or they don't understand the facts. It's hard to say. But my advice to you is please dig for facts. Don't believe everything you read. There's a lot of information available. You will have to dig for it. And especially, you know, on these bills, you can actually go and read the bill for yourself. So you don't have to wonder, like, why why are these heartless Republicans voting against solving the baby formula crisis? And when you read the bill, you can really see this isn't really the fix that we need to solve this problem. There's never a shortage of interesting topics to talk about. I would love your feedback. I'm sure people are going to disagree with me on the whole swimsuit model thing. Um, I'd love your feedback on that. I love to hear different points of view. I know coming from my background in the fitness industry, I may have a different perspective than a lot of people who haven't lived in that world. So I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that. If you like the podcast, please do rate it and share it. And I will see you again next time.